Hey, brother. Hello, Bruder. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Stephen Patrick, alongside my younger brother, <laughs> Christopher Michael. Yeah, now, now you're going to get that rhythm all screwed up and yeah. get in your head. I just need to go back to the the yeah. original. I didn't I didn't say it to like make you stop doing it. I just pointed it out that you had developed mm-hmm. like a cadence the way you said it. Yep. That's all. Alongside my younger brother, Chris. It's like the <laughs> ultimate run-on sentence. Anyways, um, if you're new to Match Wits, uh, we're a uh, nostalgia-infused pop culture podcast. I'm typically the nostalgia. Chris is typically the pop culture. Uh, we talk about a ton of topics, uh, some of it prepared, some of it stream of consciousness. Uh, for this episode, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, we're going to start... Uh, and talk about John Wick 3, um, <laughs> because we've talked about John Wick on this podcast a couple of times. Uh, Chris, I think you watched it. Was it Friday night? Friday and, night. Uh, and uh, I watched it last night. Uh, so we'll talk about that and then uh, get into uh, – we had a, a kind of a request from one of our our listeners out there to do like disappointments, like biggest letdowns, disappointments from a, from a movie perspective. So we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that as well. So, uh, so last night I watched John Wick three, right? And again, if you've been after I watched it on Friday and texted you immediately after watching it and said you need to watch this movie immediately because I want to discuss it now. The original John Wick is one of the movies that I use as like a barometer of how much our movie preferences align. So when I'm out, when if I meet somebody that I've never discussed films with, I said you know anything recent that really. And if they ask me the same question, I always say, well, did you see John Wick? And then usually they say, yes, it was awesome. Yes, it was terrible. Or no, I haven't. So the last the last response, the no, I haven't, it's usually, okay, well, go and watch it and then let me know what you think. And then I can usually kind of gauge my gauge my response or my my discussion of movie topics with them accordingly. But if you say you didn't like it, then we're not gonna agree on anything (laughs) (laughs) right not super compatible no no because i remember i went and saw it with my friend benny and the fury road right yes yeah another one where yeah that just illustrated you have terrible taste in movies but 15 minutes into the original john wick and my friend benny and i just turned to each other and it was right after the dog sequence and then we just turned and we're like if that's the setup I'm in a hundred percent. It's it's nice. the 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 script itself is very lean. It's not. There's not a lot of grandiose speeches. It's a lot of looks and single sentences that just sum up exactly what the the boogeyman is. And I, one of the things that we, when we when you brought up biggest disappointments, I brought up John Wick too, just because I, outside of the continental, the the building of the international continental universes with the 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 guy that's the armament the guy that provides all the weapons and then the tailor that makes the bulletproof suits like that world building building to me was cool but i thought it was just underwhelming in comparison with the first so i was very very apprehensive about the third because if it wasn't good then that, that whole series to me would have been a letdown it was such a high point with the first the second felt a little bit it felt ostentatious. I, I I don't know if it was the the elaborate international setting or what, but it just didn't land with me the same way the first one right. did. And then the third one, the third one for me was just as good of for, as the first. Right. Well, and and before we jump into the third one, I remember 
like I can't remember if we were we were together for Christmas or something, and you were like, "You have to watch John Wick." <laughs> like you're, and, and you, the way you described it was like it's like 15 minutes of story, mm-hmm. like setup, and then two to the chest, one to the head for like an hour and a half. I'm talking about yeah, for about an hour and 20 minutes straight. Yeah, and 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 that's what was it. And I remember I watched it by myself. This is when we lived in Virginia, and we had like a, a pretty cool theater in our basement with a big screen and sound system. I remember watching that and just like uh, you were like you were spot on. It was like the build up, and that like, it was the perfect amount of backstory motivation where you could completely empathize with the character. And then you know, like you're you were with him, like you were on his journey, and then you just watched him go to go to work. And then the things that, like anything like that, where it's a legend, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like where where somebody is a they've walked away and they've talked about like the John Leguizamo scene, <laughs> like yeah. with the car. I think we've even talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, the, those things like where'd you get that car? Yep. And get like that, pe- get that thing out of my shop immediately, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Or when they, yeah. And when the guy's dad calls and. Yeah. That's, that's the scene that I always bring up because it's only two lines, Steve. Like that sequence when the mob boss calls John Leguizamo and John Leguizamo is visibly terrified about what is about to happen from this phone call and he answers it. And all you hear is the, the mob boss say, I heard you struck my son, which is one line and it's just, it's not said intimidatingly or any anything like that it's just a simple question and john leguizamo says one line he just says he stole john wick's car and killed his dog and the boss just goes oh and then they both (laughs) hang up and those those two simple or those three simple lines carried so much weight into establishing who john wick was how much respect in this in this subculture the sub universe of organized crime how much influence and notoriety and and all of what john wick was crystallizes in that moment and then from that point forward you see why that legend exists you know what i mean you see right. why the, the cop when he shows up at his house has that look of sheer terror on his face and is completely <laughs> working again everything john. okay john <laughs> yeah noise complaint noise complaint you, yeah. are you working again john no nah, just sorting some out okay I'll leave you to it. And he just walks away. There's like a pile of corpses behind him. And John Wick is covered with blood. Like that's, that's what I mean. Like efficient dialogue mixed with some of the most visceral cinematic action that I've seen in a long time. Like outside of the raid, Steve, like that's the only two movies that I can put Mm. on a parallel of watching highly trained martial artists and, and fight choreographers at their, at their Zenith. So yeah. now it's so going into John Wick three again. I watched it last night. I did it again. If you if you listen to this podcast, you know I like to watch stuff outside. I sat outside last night. Everybody's in bed, and this is a long movie, right? It's two two twenty or something like that. So that was like I was like two cigars and two (laughs) glasses of bourbon, like (laughs) because it was it's intense. Like it's an intense, and it was late. So. Uh, but I watched it outside, and the one thing I wish I would have done because I don't know that I really paid a lot of attention to John Wick too. Like okay. I know I watched it, but I might have fallen asleep. I don't know because when uh, it 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 literally picks up, like I believe, like sec- could- thirty seconds after the last one ended. Yeah. yeah, and I don't remember. Like I was like, crap, what did he just do? So I should have wa- I should have rewatched John Wick two before killed, watching. John- he kills the the Italian 
the Italian assassin, the guy that's protected by the high table, he kills him on continental grounds. And then Winston tells them you have one hour and you're excommunicado. And that's where it picks up at the beginning of John Wick three. Like that's what Got happens. It. It's the Got big it. fight. They have a big fight on continental grounds, but they don't kill each other because it's, you know, it's consecrated ground and you get thrown out of whatever, right, right. whatever the big club is, the big, the big fun club of assassins. You get thrown out of, and that's how it ends is he, he shoots them on continental grounds and, and Winston who's one of my Ian McShane is one of the greatest actors of all time and one of my favorites to watch in anything that he's ever in but mm-hmm. him he throws him out and gives him one hour which right sets in effect the entire sequence of events that happens in John Wick 3 right yeah because he's like I still have five minutes I still have so that yeah I knew we were coming into it and I think I read somewhere like if you if you go from when like post funeral the the whole car stolen dog thing. It's like three weeks. I, I think they said it's like a week. Oh, okay. I, like I read the, somewhere the, it was like, yeah, it was like yeah. 20 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's but. not a ton of time. I mean, I guess he's got to get to Casablanca and everything. So, But exactly. to the beginning of John Wick 3 and all of that, I mean, we're not talking years in between these movies. It's like a – it's a – it's a sequence of events. So that was the that was the part because they just they just started. It was almost like a cold intro, right? I mean, yeah. there was none of this. Sometimes movies when they do sequels like this, they'll kind of replay just to refresh viewers. Refresh or, it. Yeah, yeah. There was none of that. It was like <laughs> nope. you need to know where you're at. So I was a little lost there. Um, but, but did it really matter in the in the in the in the full experience of your enjoyment? No, of, no. It's like all right, he no. did something wrong, but I was like. To me, it's like the whole thing. Like the thing with John Wick is one of the like the underlying overtones is like he's got a code. Mm-hmm. There's there's a code that the, the, the table has a code, right? The yep. whole underworld has a code, but then John Wick has a code that maybe is not the same. And he was one of the few that was super like he was the the top of his class when he was in, but he also got out and yeah. he had a life. He had a life on the outside. So he has this battle, this duality going on. He's got John and he's got John Wick. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. That's where, where I missed John Wick too. And it's like, or where the, the setup was is like, okay, he broke the rules, but why would he do that? Like, what was the thing? So, the, yeah. and, and to me, that's also part of the setup for, for, for this. And again, we're going to, we're going to give away a bunch of spoilers. Sure. So if you haven't seen John Wick three, <laughs> this is a, this is your moment to pause, go watch it, come back because, you know, this is where it sets up the the whole Winston thing, where he, you know, he goes to the elder and he has the ability to kind of redeem himself, which I thought, honestly, at some point, I thought that was a test, right? Where they were we testing. We don't necessarily know that it's not yet. There's weird, you know what I mean? Like that, it, that still could be the the elder could operate up. He's above the table, so he doesn't actually have to report to the table. So what he's doing might not be sanctioned by you know what i mean steve like yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily he doesn't have to go to the table in order right. to get things approved he can give side missions and things like that so yeah. that's so, the one of my only gripes about it is the guy that played the elder i didn't think he was bad don't get me wrong i just thought he needed to be older i thought that guy was too young mm, to be the elder to, to be yeah. an elder yeah, yeah yeah that's that's the only thing that kind of tossed me for a loop but good lord everything else in that friggin movie was fantastic yeah now, yeah. oh, go ahead. Horses as weapons, as as we he. Oh my god! The, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, he yeah. Slaps like, the horse to kick the guy's head, basically <laughs> clean off his head. 
But that's what I mean, Steve. So like in the in the second one, all of the locations felt like they were used because they were pretty looking. Where this one back in New York, it was it felt logical that he was fleeing and ended up in this auction house that happened to have a, a hall of weapons. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it or when he fled out of that and he ended up in the the horse taxis. You know what I mean? Like that's right. that it felt natural rather than him going from some kind of giant European outdoor rave that no one's ever seen before. Like we've seen horse taxis before and we know that there's probably a location that they're kept in New York city. So that didn't take you out of the, like it felt New York, it felt grounded. So, but the, the fight scene in the hall of knives, Steve, I've never seen a movie when they throw a knife doesn't land blade first. You know what I mean? Like, would they get into Oh, that right. Fight? They did a bunch of it where they were throwing it. It would hit butt first. It would hit butt first. <laughs> and it would... I had never... I, I Benny told me about it. And he just said, watch the Hall of the hall of Knives scene. And when, when I did, I texted him immediately. I was like, oh, my God, they miss. I was like, I've never actually seen that before in a, in a movie. And the whole idea of him putting together the revolver. Did you get the reference? Oh yeah, so it's good. The good, bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Where he's taking all the parts from all the guns and making one to his liking. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. and then he did the thing on the horse where he ducks down. That was like right out of Tombstone. Exactly. I'm sure exactly. it was out of other movies, but where, where like at, at the end of Tombstone, where they're going out killing all the cowboys. Yep. You know, Val Kilmer slides off the side of the horse and shoots around under the neck of the horse. Yep. One of the things I found out, Steve, did you know that Keanu Reeves is a accomplished horse rider and did ninety percent of those? Yeah, stunts? yeah, he he rides horses, he does motorcycles. Yeah, they played to his. Uh, they wrote a lot of that to play to his strengths of exactly. like stuff he could actually do. Exactly, and that's that's what I mean. Like that's that's what I like about that franchise is that it's not Keanu Reeves trying to do something that he's not good at. They use his fight styles that he's learned over the course of his film career to kind of play it up. Like Keanu Reeves is a bad, bad mother, (laughs) bad mother blanker. And from all the training that he did from the matrix, he's a very skilled fighter. So they use, and he's big. Like you forget how big Keanu Reeves is until he's fighting those two little Indonesian guys from the raid. The one guy that was Mad Dog from the raid, mm-hmm. and like we, you don't realize how big Keanu Reeves is until you put him in a fight sequence where these guys are five five, five right. four, and he can get once he gets his hands on him. Like when they're matching him with speed, he's outmatched. But as soon as he gets his six three, <laughs> whatever two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pound right. frame hands on him, then he then he fights on his. But that it, go ahead. I was gonna say it, but out of the gate, I was a little concerned. Like I think my least favorite fight sequence, and I'm guessing this is one you and I are going to disagree on. I was not crazy about the whole library book thing. No, like, well, so I, you know, I, you know who that is, right? Is he a basketball player? Yeah, Isn't that a- yeah. It's the guy that used to play for the Sixers. It's uh, Boban, uh, whatever his last name is. I forget what it's. Yeah, he's a he, and it wasn't bad, it, but it wasn't good either. Like. I get it for the the you wanted to see someone bigger than him and they shot it like over Boban's shoulders and stuff and I get it. But yeah, no, I agree. That was probably the weakest of all of the actions. I was like, if this but, is what it's gonna be, I was like, oh, this is gonna be long. What was but even that wasn't really bad. Like it wasn't he dude. You're he right. Bro- he broke his face with a book. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I, I just felt it. And then little... he put it but then he put it back. If you remember correctly, he picks, <laughs> right, the, right. picks the book up and puts it, it back blood on the book. all over it. Yeah. yeah. 
puts it back on the bookshelf with the picture of his dead wife in it. But like the, it, the af- but after that, I name me a part that you had a problem with after that. Only thing that I even like I can nitpick on is when they go to the Continental's administrative level. It looks like a a Bond villain lair. Like where it's real shiny and it's got all the windows and stuff like that, but it served its purpose. It it was supposed to be this over the top thing, but dude, I, Boban Marjanovic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his name was Boban, but he's actually really funny in real life. Like he's got a web show with uh, Toby, uh, Tobias Harris, that another guy that plays for the Sixers, and they like mm. do things where like they go jet skiing and stuff, and it's all making fun of how ridiculous he looks doing anything <laughs> because he's seven four or whatever he is, right. but. But Steve, the did you read anything about Halle Berry and and those fucking dogs? Oh yeah, she had to do the dog training. So that was the other thing. So like I, I made oh. it, usually when we do talk about these, I don't write. I, I wrote a couple things down that we definitely <laughs> need to touch on. So first of all, Halle Berry and like Halle Berry and Keanu Reeves are not young. No, like no, they are. They're not, both in their fifties. Yeah, they're not young. And I was like, oh boy, here's Halle Berry and like the whole thing with the dogs was cool. The like. Her, her stuff was good. Like she trained up. Like hell was- yeah, she did. But that's one of the <laughs> things that they talked about is normally when there's dogs in films, the trainers have to be right off camera, and you can tell that the dogs are actually looking off camera to the trainers. But right. she she did what six months of of dog training with these dogs, and the guy even said he was like, yeah, those are those are her dogs. Like they they, they don't even really listen to me anymore. They listen to her. <laughs> right. But the the sequence of that one take action sequence when the dog runs up the ramp and takes the guy off like the roof into the, like the truck. Oh my God. That was awesome. Was awesome. And then the, when she calls the one dog down and she bends down and it runs up her back up the wall and takes the guy, takes the guy off the roof. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, the whole time I'm texting Benny because I wasn't, I hung out with Benny last night, but I was at home on Friday. So I'm, I was mm-hmm. like, Benny, you saw this, right? And he was like, yeah. So I was just texting him as I was going. I was like, horses is weapons. These dogs are fucking amazing. And the dogs just, were great. Like that was, those were like two other, two other people to help him get how, out of there. Like how many people did we watch get killed leading up to the first scene where they take the dogs to see Braun from Game of Thrones? Probably 60 to 70 people get killed. He shoots the dog in the bulletproof vest and it yips and I got I like I almost cried. I was like, Oh my god, did he just shoot that fucking dog and then he got up? <laughs> How desensitized am I to violence to humans that I can watch people get their head kicked off by a horse and not feel anything and Right, a, but you a, shoot a dog. A fake shoot a fake dog in a movie that I know it, <laughs> the dog didn't really get shot in real life, but right. just hearing that yelp like brought me to tears. And I was like, All right, he's gotta fucking die now. So But Yeah. And then when Braun shows up from Game of Thrones as the, the 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 owner of the the Continental wherever it is Saudi Arabia where he where he goes to meet Holly Berry's character that's Braun from Game of Thrones. You know who I'm talking about, Steve? No, wait. Which well, I'm trying to think who Braun was. I think I do. Wasn't uh, he the one that was like he was castrated or whatever? No, no, no. That's varies. No, Braun oh. is he worked with uh, Tyrion. He was like the cell sword that Tyrion kept around, and he ended up being the Lord of Highgarden at the end, and was with Jamie Lannister for a long period of time. Remember, it was for like two whole seasons. It was Tyrion, Podrick, and Bronn. Yeah, I remember. I recognize the name. I guess I have to go back and look. Like, jeez, oh, dude, come on. What? <laughs> like, Bronn's one of the best characters from that show. All right, what the hell? Hold on. 
what was his name? What was it? What was he in this in this one? Uh, he was the owner of the Middle Eastern. What's the actor's name? Oh crap! Ah uh, crap! It's, I want to say it's Ian Glenn, but that's Jorah. That's Jorah Mormont. Hold on. No, that's okay. That's it makes for Captain Barada. Right? No, Jerome Flynn. No, it's yeah, it. it's Jerome Flynn. Yes, it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know he was in it. He showed up. I was like, is that friggin' Braun? It's like, this is awesome. Keeps getting better and better. But, yeah, yeah that that whole sequence was just great. But when when uh, Chowron, the, the black, the, the Lance, Lance, what is his name? Lance something. Is the, the maitre d' at the Continental New York? When he finally gets to kick some ass is so Lance good. Reddick. Lance yeah. Reddick. Yeah. And he finally gets to kick ass is is awesome. When the he show when the cab driver shows up with the dog. And yeah, he's yeah. over the he he holds out the umbrella for the dog and he just helps it inside. Like I love that guy. Yeah, that he's guy. a great that's a great character. Great character. Like it's one of those things like pivotal to the whole thing with the like when you're trying to establish a storyline, which is this underworld thing that has a, a tremendous amount of structure and class. Like mm-hmm. a class structure to it, you take a character like that that is just super, like he, it make it makes it believable, makes the whole thing believable. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's just it's it's just people exist that way, and that's the way they talk, and this is what they do, and it's it's yeah, he's an incredibly important mm-hmm. um, kind of character to bring this all together. Yeah. yeah, when they go out the first time after the the syndicate or whatever, the forces show up and they have the new armor on and they go back to the vault where we're Winston City. We're going to need more firepower. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the armor piercing shotgun shells. Oh, so yeah, good. Yeah. But Steve, all right. So obviously we need to talk about Mark, the chairman. The, yeah. Yeah. The, so, I, so here's, it's, this is funny. These are the notes I wrote down. Like <laughs> <laughs> the book thing. Yep. Remember how two ended? Halle Berry, <laughs> the finger. Oh, yep. I forgot about the finger part. The whole take it. He takes off his like. All right, we're gonna like they bring this thing out. Like, hey, you can you can you can earn your way back in. You've got to go kill Winston, and mm-hmm. and I don't even remember how they set it up. They just bring him a chisel and a hammer. What he doesn't they- even use the hammer. He needed he needed collateral. He needed proof to show that he wasn't just fleeing that he was going to do, and that's why they did right. it with they, they brought it out and he did his ring finger and then gave him his ring because he wanted to live to remember right. his wife and this is the only way that he could do it. So yeah. in order to prove it to him, he had to give him the ring. Yeah. So like they give him. I the was hammer. like I was like oh yeah. They give him the hammer to help and he just says nope. He just grabs the chisel and just chops his finger off. Yeah, just mm-hmm. chops his finger right off. There was a couple things in there, and this is one one I didn't write down, but I just think of it, I'm thinking of it now. Is the whole slow knife to the eye? Oh, I was yeah. like, I, I that was one of those I looked away. I was like, is this really I'm like, oh my god, it's happening. I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking away. Yeah. But so, the, yeah, the chairman. The, the yeah, chairman. So I wrote down I wrote down the finger. Intercontinental, the elder, and the chairman. The chairman. He was so good. Like that. That character was so good, and he did. Like that's what people don't get when they only knew him from Iron Chef. Like they only know that kind of caricature of a martial artist that they use to host a cooking show that just seemed kind yeah, of weird. And, and- it took me a while because he's got a shaved head. Mm-hmm. Like I saw this guy and they, when they were calling him, like you know, I will be of service or whatever. Yeah. What is it? I? I will. 
What's the, I have, what's the I have served. I will be of service. Yeah, I've served. I will be of service. And I'm watching him, and, he's, and when, when the uh, the adjudicator went to him, he's like, yeah, I've served. I will be of service. And I'm looking at him like, why does that guy look familiar? Was he in the other movies? And then it was like, I was like, oh, my God, it's the chairman. It's the chairman. That's what people don't like. And he I was knew. great. He was great. And then that whole scene when they're sitting in the Intercontinental. It's just the Continental. Oh, sorry. It's not the Intercontinental. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, the it's continental. just the It's just the Continental. Sorry. I have a t- I have a T-shirt that says it's the sh- it's the the brand the Continental and it says neutral ground underneath it and it's got the the coin yeah it's, yeah. Got, the, it's got the coin the outline of the building and then a gun I wear that right. all the time that's one of those ones if I wear it to a nerd event like if I wear it to like a film event and someone looks at my shirt and says that's awesome yeah we're gonna be friends right so he sits down next to John Wick like they were fighting up until <laughs> they get there and then they're he sitting puts, there he puts his hand on Continental grounds. Yeah, yeah. So I they go that. in, and they're sitting there. He sits, and 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 the chairman, right, Zero, sits right next to him, right next like to him. awkwardly close to him. So John Wick moves, and then Zero, who had always been like super intense, is like, "I'm a big fan." Like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> John, that, John Wick, like a that, big that fan. Fu- that fight was awesome. That's what he says. He goes, "I'm a big fan." That fight was awesome, right? <laughs> He just kind of like nods his head. He goes, right, right. That was awesome. Yeah. So good. It was a little bit like in that there was a whole thing. It was like there's not a ton of humor in those movies, but that little bit there and then the little bit with Shinobi 1 and 2, which you already talked about where they're fighting up in that that kind of that all that glass. Yep. Um with those two guys, where they kind of had this dialogue, like they're they're kind of giving them homage, like, hey, John Wick. It's an it's an honor to fight you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an honor to fight you and. Oh, he's old and whatever. So, if you a, like, if you like Mark Descascos or Descascos or however you pronounce it, if you like him and you and you're interested to see something else that's really good, he did this really, really good, super weird. It's called Brotherhood of the Wolf. It's a like a 17th century werewolf martial arts movie. It's mm. like I, it's hard. It's one of those ones that's really hard to describe. And I had seen it before I ever saw an episode of MasterChef in my life. So when I saw him, I was like, holy crap, it's the guy from Brotherhood of the Wolf. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's this yeah. really weird, kind of obscure French, like 17th century werewolf martial arts movie. And they're like, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, yeah, until you watch it and you realize how awesome that movie is. So I recommend that if you ever yeah, find he's it. Yeah, he's pretty legit. The Adjudicator... What was her name? Asia Kate Dillon yeah. from Billions. Like I've never seen Billions, so I watched a couple episodes. I never saw her in it. I watched a couple episodes because I like Damian Lewis. Um, I do too. And uh, but anyways, it, that that was kind of a cool character. Again, adding you, you're adding this like the the, the tables, this organization, and mm-hmm. you know it's uh, and again, it all worked. And then to just kind of wrap this up, and again, spoilers, the way it ended. To me, it was like we were back in episode the first one after the the puppy in the car. Like you know, what I mean, like we now have this. He was just completely screwed over, left for dead. He's with you know, he's with the the king of uh, the Bowery, the Bowery, the Bowery king, Lawrence Fishburne. And what he asked me, he's like, "Are you mad?" Or what, yeah. what does he ask? That's, oh crap! That's I, can't, a- I wish I got the right words. And he just does, and there's not a ton of you know. Can, uh, John Wick doesn't say a lot, but he's just like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> he got shot he three times and fell off a building. That's like that's the only problem that I had that would kill. Like I can like even to a certain extent I can forgive gunshots and stab wounds and stuff like that, but that fall would have killed him. Like I get that he bounced off a couple awnings and stuff like that. If but it broke his fall. Eh, that's the only part I thought I, I guess this is gonna sound ridiculous. The only thing I felt was too cartoonish, I guess, in the context yeah. of the whole movie. But yeah, a little whatever. little wily coyote, but yeah. Whatever. When it ended, and then it ended there, I was like, man, if A, if there's not a fourth, which they already there's, announced, there's, there's already, a fourth, yep. May 21st, like right before your birthday, 2021. It's almost, dude, it's like almost every year it comes out right around my birthday. The first nice. one came out like the week of my birthday, the whatever, how many years ago, and then two came out right around my birthday. So it's always like, well, what do you want to do for your birthday? I'll, I'll go see John Wick. see John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that makes me mad that I waited this long to see three i wish i would have seen yeah. it in the theater because when i saw the the atmosphere when i saw one in the theater was one of the better it wasn't raucous like people weren't like people weren't like talking during it but like during action sequences when something would happen there would be audible ooh or whoa or like people would clap at certain times and it was just i love those kind of atmospheres like well as long as it's right. not distracting and it's not you trying to be try to try to mystery science theater the, you know the action or anything like that, but <laughs> right, right. react watching it with other people and feeling the the collective excitement is yeah. is a good. And I wish I would have seen the third one in the theater, but right. And and that's where that and, and where this one finished, where I was like, I felt like it set it up. Like now you've got that, you've got the empathy for the character. He tried to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like he uh-huh. really like he said he was going to go kill Winston. He was going to do it. And then he he decided not to like he was like I got to go like even even everything I want for myself and everything I want to do I don't feel like this is right. Yeah. He goes against all odds and then that happens like you're like I'm with this dude I don't understand what his motivation is I want to go see him I want to see him on a revenge tear where the way this one started he was kind of on a he was fighting for his life he was yeah. fleeing he had been excommunicado you know what I mean like it was a different feel like you're bringing this back around to. Like everybody's behind him, and we want to see him go kick, <laughs> kick everybody's ass. No, I see. I, I'm curious to see when they're doing a, a show about the Continental, the international franchise of the Continental Hotels, and I'm curious to see where that's going. I don't know if when it's done. I don't know when it's going to be released. So I don't know if that's going to fall in between three and then four, or if it's going to fall after four. But I'm curious about the whole. That whole franchise is interesting. The the Assassin Hotel a show about that as long as some of the characters from the movies make cameos i'm all for it Give me yeah i mean you could away. take someone like you could take someone like um lance riddick who played sharon mm-hmm. and and like you could build a show around that yeah. you know like yeah exactly he's like, strong enough like he could carry that and you you know little cameos by ian mcshane every once mm-hmm. in a while and some others so yeah i'm i'm, I'm in on that sure all right, so now we've 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 burnt a good chunk of of this week's episode on John Wick, which is great because I like <laughs> I, I like going deep on these, and it was fresh in my mind, and it was fresh in your mind, and it was such a good movie. And again, I'm excited for the fourth one. Like, yep. um, so let's go into um, kind of take this, and we talked about John Wick two already, but let's go into like disappointments, like. Yeah, things that like movies that just didn't live up to expectations, right? If you look at this performance, and the way I look at this is, and like you already have kind of a preconceived notion of what the story is, 
like all the ones that I wrote down is like you kind of know you either know the story or you know the director right or you know sure. the writer and you have some preconceived notion um and that just the execution fails horribly like that's a good story that they just they just botched it like they sure. just did not they did not hit it well, so right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna touch on a couple but you know there's a thread here like if I go through these. Ninety percent of them are sequels, are sequels, or or prequels, or movies in a series. I noticed that as Correct. well. Like they're yeah. almost all, and ones. It's, and it, and those are hard to do. Yeah. It's like anything. Like it's you you put you know you build this work, and then someone's like, all right, do it again. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> it's really well, hard also, to do. And you might to... and it might not, and particularly if you didn't build it to be episodic. Sure. You then you're like, oh you're, crap! I got to figure stretching. out. Yeah. yeah. It's like but recutting we, and remastering what you had that didn't work the fir- in the first time. I'm going to try to put it together and make it better than the first. Exactly. So. Well, one of the things I always I want to preface before we get into this, I know how hard it is to make movies. I do. I, I've, I've made a few myself. I've been in a few myself. I know how unbelievably complicated it is to make a movie. And I know mm-hmm. what a relief it is. So I don't want to badmouth any creative decisions. I, there was a guy going off about Suicide Squad online and David Ayer, the, the the writer and director just chimed in and just responded to the guy. He just said like, this is re- this really hurts. I spent four years of my blood, sweat and tears and my life putting this together. If you don't like it, you don't have to like it, but don't come on here and publicly bash that we didn't try hard enough. So I just want to just want to preface that <laughs> right. before we get into that, because everything on this is inherently derogatory or negative you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like i, I try well, not yeah. it just didn't just didn't hit it just didn't hit sure. what it what it what it could have been right, right. for whatever reason and it's or hard we because making, to your point making movies is hard it's not a it's not all one person yeah right it's the studio it's the budget it's the actors yeah. it's the schedule it's the blah 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 whatever with that said with that said <laughs> That's it. The well, you, top of my the top of my list, and we were I was talking to to Maya about this because I just I like if I if somebody would do this right, it would be great. Which would be, and I don't know if you've watched any of this. I don't know. Brody's probably not at the age yet, but the Last Airbender. Okay, yeah, the you cartoon. The cartoon in the story there is awesome. So. That show we had, I'd watch with the kids. It might have been on Nickelodeon or whatever. It's it, like that whole story about, you know, all the, how the Airbenders went away, and then Ang is the last one. They had killed them all off, and it's these four tribes: like the the water, the air, um, the earth, and what's the other one? The four fire, fire, fire. Yeah, yeah, the fire nations. How that like? There's all of that was so well done, and it had humor, and it like there were kids, and it was like all, it was great. And I was like, you're going to take that? You're going to give it to M. Night Shyamalan? It's going to be awesome. And it, it wasn't. was not <laughs> awesome. It was probably the exact opposite of awesome. It's The last Airbender is one of those movies now. Like, if you go to, like, I don't know, any, like, a, an offshoot convenience store. That's not even, like, 7-Eleven. It's like mm-hmm. it, they, they're kind of ripping off. They're called the 7-Even Right, because they don't want to have to pay franchise fees to the Seven Eleven, and you look in their dollar bin of DVDs, you're going to find the Last Airbender. Yeah. Like it's just literally, I don't know what the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score is. I'm going to look it up right here, but it just was. I was so disappointed, and that had so much potential because the story was proven. Yeah, you know, 
Well, that's it's funny too because I, that holds a weird. It's it was a lot of it was shot here in Philly, and I, I know a few people that worked on that that movie, and they mm-hmm. thought it was going to be like their big break, and this is going to be like them making it into showbiz, and it ended up being one of the most critically panned movies in a long, long time. So five percent on the tomato meter. Oh, that's brutal. And an audience score of 30%. It's a 4.1 on IMDb. Yeah. I mean, Out it's of just 140,000 reviews. It's a 4.1. Yeah. It, it had so much potential. Anyway, so see, I never, I never watched a single episode of the, the animated show. I never watched the movie, so I can't really speak to that. So, but I, from every everybody that has, including you, has always told me that it was one of the biggest letdowns. So, yeah, and like, I would encourage you. Like, we were talking this afternoon. Like, I wanted to go back because it was like a, it was one of those typical Seattle fall days. Like, it was not super warm it was raining it was gray yeah you know it's like 62 degrees it was kind of miserable and i was like man i just want to throw on either gargoyles or the last mm-hmm. airbender and like <laughs> speak sp- hold on speaking of side did you did you read the thing that i sent i you? didn't i i saw I, I saw the title i didn't read the article oh it's it was just one of the uh, one of the websites that i read in the morning has this thing called morning spoilers where it's just like anybody talks about upcoming projects they just do little blurbs and keith david was being interviewed and they asked about one one franchise or any property that you've done that you're most proud of that you would love to revisit and he didn't bat an eye he just says gargoyles he goes i want to go said back. that was it keith david or david keith i always get those mixed up whoever the, the guy that played uh whatever his name is the the main guy the, the guy from They Live. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He um, was being inter- interviewed for something else. Keith David. Keith David, David, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was being interviewed for something else, and they just asked him about what what franchise would you like, or what property that you've done would you like to go back and visit? And he didn't hesitate. He said, Gargoyles. He goes, everybody involved with that show loved making that show. I, I wanna, I've always wanted to see what, what uh, was it, Goliath? Yeah, what Goliath? Yeah, Goliath was the main. Yeah, what he would be up to now, and he was like, "I've spent my entire life trying to be more like Goliath." And I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, as long as it means that much to the guy that made it, as much as it does to like me, you, and Dan, and the the handful of people that hold that show in high regard, like that 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 made me smile. We had just talked about it too, and so when I read it, I was like, "Oh, I should send that to Steve." So yeah, we need a Kickstarter that. Yeah. Freaking Tim mean? Curry? Tim Curry was in Gargoyles? Yeah. Six episodes, Dr. Dude. Anton Severius. Dude, Ed, Ed Asner? We just, we just watched Clue last night. Oh, I love, love that movie. Holy crap. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. It was great. And so, because Maya's my, my watching shows. So, you know, she's in the, the drama department. She's, like, with the crew. And they do three plays a year. And they're doing... Clue is their first one. Awesome. The hunch, they're doing Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, and then they're doing a, a third one. Uh, but tell her tell her to look up the the high school in New Jersey that did Alien. You have to see this, Steve. Oh, I think I saw it online. Yeah, yeah. I I, I retweeted it when they when they put mm-hmm. like they they gave them free reign to do whatever they want, but they had like this limited budget. What they were able to pull off was awesome. So yeah, send that to her. She'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. So they're they're gonna do Clue and we watch Clue. Oh my God, was that good? Yeah. And the well, similarities to Private Eyes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It looks like the same house. 
Is that the Biltmore, the, the Biltmore State in North yeah. Carolina? Yeah. Is that is it the same house? I don't like, think so. Oh. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't actually look it up, though. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it is. It, um, it looks very similar. But Tim Curry's great in it. Martin Mull's oh. great, great in it. Um, Yvette, single-handedly responsible for my French-made fetish that I got developed at a Colleen Camp. Age. Yeah. Yeah. Who from ends up, from uh, Police Academy. Police Academy. And then she was the one of the detectives that John McClane works with in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. She's, the, she's curly blonde hair in that one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Which, speaking of John McClane, I forgot to put the uh, the last Die Hard movie as a the disappointment. Last, the last two, really. Like Live Free or Die Hard had a good setup, but it just whiffed. That the Which concept. One? That's the this, fire sale. That's the one where they 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 hack the, with the, Timothy Oliphant hacks the nuclear power grid and starts shutting everything down. Yeah, no. The, the last just, one I liked was the uh, Samuel L. Jackson one. Yeah, it's the third one. Yeah, yeah, but the other the ones subsequent since then, like Live Free or Die, had a great setup. Like the, that, the fire sale has always terrified me. When all of right. our when all of our natural resources and stuff are now controlled by computers, how secure yep. can they be? But yeah, I didn't even put that down because I don't want to talk about Die Hard. I forgot about that. So if I go through <laughs> my if I go through my my list, and again, most of them are sequels, and I don't want to bash them, but let, I, I'm going to stick with M Night Shyamalan for a second because. The idea for the village and what the village actually was like again, and it wasn't like I knew the story. This is just one where sure. M. Night Shyamalan between signs and and um, what was the other one? What Unbreakable, the, the Sixth Sense. Yeah, no, so but the right, first couple, he was riding high. Like that was yeah, he was three for three out of the gate. Like he was like. Mm-hmm. Sixth Sense was Academy Award nominated. May have even won a few. Signs yep. was really good. Unbreakable was the best non comic book comic book movie at that <laughs> right. to- at that time. So he was three for three. So I thought that man could do no wrong. And then I yep. watched. The, I went the and village. saw the village in the theater, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that was underwhelming." I wouldn't even put that at like biggest disappointments because for me, I I wasn't emotionally invested in it. You know what I mean? Right. Like it didn't yeah, really yeah. matter right. to me. So like the ones yeah. that I have on my list are. They were damning. Like I, I still get mad to this day about some of these. Yeah. So, all right. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this to you in a form of a question. And I am <sighs> not for our listeners out there. I am not a comic book guy like Chris is. Right. That was just not my thing. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put it right out there. Is there a DC movie that wasn't disappointing? Yeah, Wonder Woman and Aquaman were good. I haven't seen Aquaman. Aquaman's good. It's fun. It's kind of dumb. I'm okay with that. Like it's it's the argument. It's the Venom argument. It doesn't have to be. I'm not looking for Shakespeare. I'm not looking for, I'm, <laughs> right. Right. I'm not looking for Macbeth. I just want to be able to. Yeah, have, yeah. My superheroes should be fun, and that's the problem that you well, run into with Batman versus Superman or or Justice League. It it, it wasn't fun. It wasn't as fun as yeah. it, they couldn't figure it, out tonally what they wanted to do. So it went from being humor to being serious to being dramatic to being mm-hmm. overly violent to being collateral damage to being yeah I well and i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't bash dc because technically if you look at batman the batman ones are good like the the, the, the first the, two the first the, two tim the burton michael ones. keaton yeah, yeah the tim burton ones and then like a couple of the dark knight ones yeah sure the, yeah with your buddy the director christopher um christopher nolan, nolan. Yeah. yeah, I see. So, I hate that the third one was on is on my list. The Dark Knight Rises. 
I, yep. I, I strongly, strongly dislike that movie. I don't hate it, and it's not mm-hmm. I don't, like I don't get that little bit of puke in the back. I don't verb in my <laughs> mouth every time I right. think of it. Like I do, Steve. Number one on my list, without a doubt, is the Star Wars prequels. Like I remember yeah. how excited I was the first time I saw that trailer. I can remember where I was. I can remember who. Oh I yeah, was when that with. when that comes walking out of the fog, uh-huh. and you can and tell you it's, hear- like, it's like a what, what, one of those ad ads, but the two legged ones. Um, yeah, I forget what those ones are. Yeah. But yeah, just the 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 sound like when you hear the you see the Lucasfilm thing fade in and then fade out and you hear oh yeah little, and you hear the, the music yeah. oh I still get goosebumps and then I saw it and it was the biggest wet fart of a movie that I've ever <laughs> watched in my entire life because Steve for me the the thing the most successful thing about the Star Wars universe is it felt lived in all the ships were dirty all the uniforms were dirty you know what i mean yep. like it yep. fe- it felt like lived in space and then the, the number one thing about the, everything is shiny everything is brightly colored everything is polished and everything is shot in blinding blinding light because it had right. to be done in front of a green screen which that's what you have to do and shoot in order to shoot everything <laughs> right. in front of a green screen so everything comes off as flat and overly saturated and it's just i makes like the first one the phantom menace is probably the worst of the three agreed and that's, and that's actually saying something but right like to this day like i don't people these days don't or kids these days with my with my old man cane out don't understand what that was to people of our generation like what right. it went from being such a beloved franchise to and it's been covered to death. You can watch the red letter media does an excellent skewering of it. And I don't want to bash it because it's been done, but that one still to this day is if anyone ever tells me that they like the prequels, I'm like, all right, I just walk away. <laughs> right. No, they're still star Wars, but yes, they're like, yeah, they're not. Yeah. They were disappointed. They were yeah. not, they were not up to the standard that the original trilogy held. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Going with that, I'm going to throw this one out here to you. I, I don't have a huge attachment to the Alien franchise. Yeah, um, I, I do. <laughs> I've got to say, I know you do. So I'm going to ask you about Prometheus, which I've seen it. Um, I don't know that I would say it was a huge disappointment, just because I wasn't super invested in in the others. But it it just felt like they didn't care about the the script. Like the movie itself is gorgeous. Like the, the the cinematography and the production design is fantastic, and like as mm-hmm. a movie, as it stands on its own, is good. But the the in the context of the 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 alien universe and trying to explain who the the engineers are and things like that, it just whiffed, and it just there was just some decisions made by the people that were supposed to be the experts in the field. Like, did you notice that the guy that was the map maker got lost? <laughs> did you notice right. that the the biologist that they that they brought with them is the first dude to walk up to the alien snake thing and like try to pet it <laughs> like hey buddy right. like what are you doing little guy and he like goes up like it's an alien species you've never interacted with in your entire life and has never been documented and the first thing you're gonna do is pet it like that's, that's just those decisions that they make are just and then like the big climax of the movie is the the ship falling towards them and they run in a straight line what are you doing like the ship is it's a it's a saucer so it's it's rolling towards you like 
straight upright, so why don't you just run to the side? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. Like it's just right. some of the decisions that are made in that movie just bother me, and it's and it stinks because it was Ridley Scott and the like. I said the production design and the cinematography is fantastic. It just felt like a really hard swing for the fences that just whiffed. But not not just whiffed, like fell over in the batter's right. box. Right. And, like, was, was that on your was that on your list? Yeah, it's yeah. it's down right below, a couple below, like the Star Wars prequels. Fan Phantom Menace. Yeah, I didn't put these in any particular order. Uh, you know, the other one, I I don't know. I haven't seen them all, but I don't know that I've seen a Hulk movie that hasn't let me down. Sure. Well, the whole when it would jump like three states at a time, like that whole so was that the Edward Norton one? Um, no, that was the that was the Eric uh, that was Banna. The Eric, yeah Eric Banna one by Ang Lee. I I appreciated what that one tried to do. I, I get what Ang Lee was going for with like the actual panels when mm-hmm. they dissolve between scenes. And technically, Steve, that's that's what the Hulk can do. He can jump. He can't fly. He can jump really, really, really far. So like that's. That's Coda from the comics. So I didn't really have, but the Edward Norton one, yeah, I agree. Like it was this, the CGI wasn't there yet, and you can't, you can't, at that point in time, you couldn't pull Lou Ferrigno and paint him green and expect people to believe it. So they needed, <laughs> right. <laughs> they yeah, needed yeah. the special effects, and the special effects just weren't there. Like the right. the Mark Ruffalo one, like the, like basically Thor Ragnarok is kind of a Hulk movie. He's yeah, such yeah. a main character in it, but it has something to do with the rights of the character. I think universal still owns it. He can't appear in his own standalone ones yet until oh, they, until they yeah, get the full it, it. Yeah. It has something. And that's why the character can appear in something, but there can't actually yeah. be an incredible Hulk movie on its own. Yeah. But yeah, that one. Uh, so I don't, again, I don't know that I've ever saw a Hulk movie that wasn't, um, there's only two. There's only Is two. that it? Yeah. I thought there was more than that. No. There's hmm. the, the Eric Banner one with Angle from like, like 2003 and then the Edward Norton one. And the Edward Norton one, I think, has a lot to do with him. From what I remember reading is he was very, very protective and didn't take any notes and <laughs> right. had, all, had all these writers in his contract that he got like final approval on script and things like that. And that's just when you get too many people meddling. Right. That's part of the old. movie making process, right? Exactly. Yeah, and then you get into some of these. I don't want to deep in, dive in it because I don't want to, like, these are just good franchises that just, like, the, the whole Indiana Jones, that last Crystal Skull oh. nonsense with Shia LaBeouf. The buff. Um, so bad, dude. Like, you know, and in and, and the Jurassic World, the Chris Pratt ones, like, they're not awful, They're just, but they're not, they're not what the original. the original, not the original one that just completely captivated you. Because you hadn't seen anything like that on the screen before, you just kind of run out of stuff to do with that. So I agree. the whole Lost World stuff, um, I would well, say, and you probably call me out on this one, but I would say even the Born franchise, sure, like, it, it 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 goes down, not up after the first Born movie. Yeah, like, and maybe not dramatically down. Like I wouldn't say there were huge disappointments. I kind of jotted it down, but I wouldn't be like, if there's a Born movie on, I'm probably going to watch it. Like. <sighs> You know, what I mean, it's just it's 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 just not John Wick, though. You know, it's, yeah, it's, agree. It's, it's got same with the, some of the same stuff, but it's just not. And it falls into the same the, that series falls into the same conversation you can have about like the Matrix. So, like, I didn't like the second Matrix movie at first until I saw the third one, 
the third one makes the second one look much better because the third one is such a dumpster fire that I can't. Like, <laughs> right. it's Steve. I walked out of it. Like, the first time I ever saw it, I got up out mm-hmm. of the theater and I just went, F this. And I walked out with like 10 minutes left. Like, at the end of the third Matrix, he doesn't have eyes, but yet the, the Sentinels get together to make a face. So it can, so right. it can, so it can talk to him. Just shut up. Like, just stop it. Like, you don't need to do that. And like, right. but that's so that made the second one look so much better. Like, I still have my problems with the second one, but at least it feels like a Matrix movie. At least there's the Matrix in the fucking Matrix instead of the third one that completely takes place in the dirty, real, crappy environment of Zion that no one wants to friggin' live in anyway. Like, <laughs> right. I watch the Matrix for the Matrix. I don't watch it to watch the stupid zion part of it but that's right. the same thing with the born franchise like the the later ones make like i didn't particularly like the second one the born supremacy the first time i saw it but after seeing the third one and how shaky the <laughs> and seeing how shaky the camera was in that and i can't see any of the stupid fight scenes that are like have really good martial artists in it because you're shaking the camera so much and i'm getting motion sickness made the second one look better <laughs> right. and, and, and and rinse repeat going down the line yeah. it's one of those ones that all right well at least it's not as bad as the third one or the fourth one it's and and going back to Crystal Skull, can we just agree? Can we just agree that that's not really an Indiana Jones movie? It's like Michael <laughs> Michael Jordan never played for the or played for the Wizards. Like he only played for the Bulls. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. He never played for the Wizards. That was his cousin that looked like him that just took his name so he could make a little bit more money. That was his cousin Jeff Jordan that they just put out there right. and made right. him look like Michael. But that's can we just agree that we'll stop? propping Harrison Ford up at 80 years old and asking him to run quickly. Like there's so many sequences. <laughs> there's so many sequences in Crystal Skull where he has to like run across something and then like jump and you can clearly clearly see how much he's laboring to go as fast as he is and it's so much slower than how he used to be and it's just it stop it. Can we right. stop? Unless the less the next one is him in like a rocking chair telling a story about a younger version of himself than smash cut to Chris Pratt or or whoever, Bradley Cooper as a young Indiana Jones, then okay. But until then, can we stop making Harrison Ford run or do any kind of physical activities? <laughs> right, right. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, but I was so excited. We're like, oh, they're going to do a new Indiana Jones. So excited, Steve. And then I saw Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines with CGI monkeys, and I was like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, no. Nah. I want none of that. Um, all right, I've got two two others to talk on here. Um, I think, yeah, we talked about all these. So this is one again. This is I want to go back to one. It's like there was there was ones where there were like a lot of, a lot of what we talked about are sequels, right? We talked about the or, or prequels, right? We talked about Star Wars. We talked about um, you know the the Born sequels, the the Indiana mm-hmm. Jones sequels, etc. This one. Again, not an awful movie, but given the storyline and the cast, could have been so much better. Um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a comic. That was yeah, a really, take, really good I mean, comic. Take Captain Nemo. Was it Alan Quartermain? Yep. Uh, Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray, like, the Invisible Man. Uh, Mina Harkness is was Dracula's like side chick <laughs> right for lack of a better term but that that's what i mean steve this is the this is what happens when the studio meddles that tom sawyer the character of tom sawyer is not in any of the comics and it was it was simply put in there because the rest of those heroes aren't american 
I, right. Dude, I, I, I crap you yeah, not. Some, I some executive somewhere was like, yeah, we need to put them in there. Yeah, we need another white dude in there that doesn't have an accent because it's going to alienate the white people from America that are going to watch this. It, dude, the movie was so bad, it caused Sean Connery, one of the greatest actors ever, to retire. Like, no, no, <laughs> right, I'm, no I'm, I'm good. I had a good career. I'm going to go out on this dumpster fire, and I'm just, I'm out. Like, but it, the, the comic book has been, I, I think it's still going, or it had a good run, and it was written by Alan Moore, who wrote The Watchmen, so it had really smart subtext to it, and it was, and then that came out, and it was stupid. You're right. That was his last, like, yep. on-screen appearance yep. in 2003. I'm done. Peace. Peace. I'm James Bond, bitch. I'm out. Like, I'm not doing anything else. You guys can't make me do any stupid movies anymore. Good Lord. Yeah. I was falling up, like, from the... Well, he had a run there. He's like, Dragonheart, I am the last one. And Don't mess, with, good, Dra- don't mess with Dragonheart. That was and a that good was a, imitation. That, that was right? a terrible Sean Connery. But anytime <laughs> I do Sean Connery, it just turns into Daryl Hammond from... Celebrity Jeopardy <laughs> doing doing Sean Connery. Anal bum cover for one hundred Alex. Anal bum cover. Moo. That's, that's that, an album cover. That's I'll take the rapists. That's that's <laughs> therapist. That's therapist, Mr. Connery. Wait, your mother's a whore. Yeah. So good. If anybody, well, everybody listening to this doesn't know what we're talking about, just type in Celebrity Jeopardy SNL on YouTube and fall into the hole. And just yep. pick the pick the ones that have Sean Connery, Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. Sean Connery, those are the and, best ones. Yeah, and you can't go wrong. Or <laughs> the who did? Uh, oh, Ben Stiller did Tom Cruise, which was really good. Yeah, and um, oh god, what's his name? The uh, he did the Weekend Update guy that did uh, Burt Reynolds. Um, Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald. <laughs> one of my one of my best friends, and it's uh, it's been his fantasy team name for for eight years now. It's just Turd Ferguson. <laughs> oh, look, Burt Reynolds has somehow figured out to change his name on his on his readout. It's no, not my name. I'm sorry, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> so good. Yeah, fall into that. Fall into yeah. that YouTube yeah. hole. It's so good. But yeah, anytime I do an impersonation, it's just an impersonation of Daryl Hammond doing Sean Connery from Celebrity yeah. Jeopardy. So, but yeah, like made him retire. The movie was so bad that Sean Connery, who had been working professionally as an actor for forty years, was like, "Nah, I'm I'm good. I'm done. I'm out. Like, I'm out. I'm ruined it." Yeah. Um. All right. The only la- the last one I want to discuss, and I I'm torn because I don't know. At the time when I saw this movie, I have to figure out what year it was. Um, I don't know. I think I don't know that I was horribly disappointed, but I think I was maybe somewhat let down because it's just you can't. You some things you just can't repeat, or you just you can't. It can never top the first one because it was so unique. And if I look, I'm trying to find the year. Um, let me guess what movie. Yeah. So how would what what year would I have been in? in uh, Nineteen eighty nine. So I would have been like a. I would have been junior 10. in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been ten. Ghostbusters two. Eh. Come on. There's some good parts in that. Vigo's a good villain. Yeah, it is, and and there's some good stuff in that. Yeah, like at the time, it 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 felt like a big miss for me. But on upon revisiting, it's. It has its moments. Like it's still, it's still Bill. It's Murray. still Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. It's a, like it's at some point, it's still. It's like pizza. Like even bad, yeah. bad pizza is still pizza. It's right. still, it's still fill you up a little bit. Like yeah, yeah it, it's not the, the whole, first. There is goo going below the city that's being fed on by negative energy. Like 
Yeah, yeah, sure, but like that's I'll watch not... the I'll watch the first one. Like I've got the two movie. I did have the two movie DVD set. I don't think I, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually physically removed the second one and put it in, <laughs> in the DVD player. Sure, but I have both because, of them. Because if I'm going to watch the Ghostbusters movie, I'm going to watch the first one. Of course, like, that's, but like Vigo's a good villain. That guy's that guy's mm-hmm. a apparently that guy in real life was like an abusive a-hole so all right yeah you can put it on but there's not many that like that doesn't move me to anger like the way x-men origins wolverine does like, that movie pissed me off that has one of the best intro sequences of any like superhero movies ever did you ever see it the the x-men origins wolverine where it tries to explain where he came from and like it has the whole it has Liv, uh, liev schreiber as Sabretooth. And the guy from Friday yes, because there's two, right? They did the Origins movie, then they just did the Wolverine, right? The Wolverine. No, the, I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking about the, the one Wolverine. Where he goes I to thought Japan. was good, like it the was last okay. one. Yeah, it was okay. It was it wasn't, but X Men, dude, it had Ryan Reynolds in it as Wade Wilson as Deadpool, and they sewed his fucking they sewed mouth, his mouth shut. Dude, it's like literally like makes me angry to think because now it's all I want is a Wolverine Deadpool buddy cop movie like how great would if Hugh Jackman oh my came God, back just one, the stuff one that, more and those time guys, yeah and the way those guys are like as friends and on Twitter and stuff in oh my real God, life hilarious their dynamic would be great on screen and we were yes. so close to getting it and instead we got the guy from the black eyed peas playing like a sorcerer and the kid from Friday Night Lights trying to do a bad Cajun accent to play Gambit like nope no yeah you you whiffed and he whiffed bad. And like that, that what we're so close to having what I want now, but mm-hmm. it, I don't think it ever can happen now because Hugh Jackman retired. As much as Ryan Reynolds wants it to happen and as much as he's been campaigning for it for the past three or four years. But right. I mean, Deadpool is probably one of, one of my favorite superhero franchises. Like I watched both of them numerous, numerous times. I, I meant to bring this up before. So someone the other day told me, well, said it, and I couldn't tell if they meant it as an insult. They're like, yeah, I always took you for a Deadpool guy. Is that supposed to be insulting? They might, was I supposed to be offended? Because I kind of stopped. I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, I don't know. You just always seem like a dude that would like that kind of stuff. And I'm always like, what do you mean? What, what, what sophomore humor? Yeah, I like, I like funny stuff, man. <laughs> am I, am I spo- what, should I be offended? Or is that, is that like a backhanded insult? I don't. I don't think I don't, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> that's right, I'm, you're asking the wrong guy. That's true. <laughs> like, that's true. I don't know what the kids are into these days. Yeah. Wilhelm von Homburg was actually a wrestler. The guy who played Vigo. Yeah, he was. He was in uh, uh, the first Die Hard. He's one of the uh, Hans Gruber's henchmen. He's the one that takes the the rocket to the thing to blow up the ATV. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, but that was not him. What? <laughs> that was not him. Oh wait, James? I don't know. He was. Oh, definitely... he wasn't that hard. I'll give you credit. Yeah. That's... Again, like Steve, there's like five movies that you should never argue with you about. It's Jaws. It's the first John Wick, and it's Die Hard. All right. But anyways, all right. That's I got some other nitpicks, like the Spider-Man Three. Yeah. The fucking stupid dance sequence. <laughs> Was Spider-Man three the one where he became all emo? Yeah, yeah, it's emo, <laughs> emo Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah that was that. good. Or X-Men: yeah. Last Stand, where they took the Dark Phoenix story. Actually, all the X-Men movies after 
after X2. All of them. Yeah. That first, first class was okay. Mm-hmm. Days of Futures Past was okay. Apocalypse yep. Apocalypse was terrible, and I'm probably not going to watch Dark Phoenix because I have no interest. Like, just let it go. Let it, Fox, you're dumb. Just let, it, let Marvel do it and do yeah, it. Yeah, right. Mar- I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, Fantastic Four. Yeah, that could have been so much better. Had a great cast, and I like the setup, but it just the, Doctor Doom is such a better character than that. Flame on. <laughs> the first thing that I I love the, Chris Evans is Johnny Storm in the first. I know, isn't is that crazy? Be- is the best part of that movie. The rest of it's kind of dumb and stupid, but he's the best part of that. But then the, the most recent one, the one that had Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan, and like I don't that could have seen that one. Yeah, that's yeah. It's just one of those ones that it's just whiffed so badly, and that, I think that had a lot to do with the studio interference. So Marvel's good at, or Marvel Studios is just good about letting unique directors kind of do their uniqueness. Like that's why Thor Ragnarok was so successful is that that's Taika Waititi just being weird. Like that's fine because the first two Thors were boring. They were just kind of stuck in that Shakespeareanness. But if you take the humor of putting, you know, basically a Norse God in awkward situations, there's a lot of humor there rather than trying to be Macbeth. It's a goofy comedy. Okay. with that, there's a guy named Noah Hawley that does, that did a show called Legion on FX that's based on the character. David is Professor Xavier's kid, but he's a schizo. The show is great. It's one of the weirdest, most unique art house superhero shows. It's not for everybody. Like, that's why I I haven't given you that hard reco on it. Like, dude, you got to go watch this. Like, if you get a chance, Steve, if you watch a couple episodes, you might like it, but it's not for everybody. I friggin' loved it. I watched it twice all the way through. It just ended. And so I'm going back and rewatching it, but he's going to be doing a Doctor Doom movie. And if it's anything oh, nice. like the visually the way that he's done Legion, I'm all for it. That that character deserves more respect than that franchise gave it. So okay. That's all I got. Like Hannibal, the follow up to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. The one where they cut Ray Liotta's head off and feed him his own brains. <laughs> That's such a whiff. That's pretty much all I got. Prometheus, Suicide Squad, X-Men 3. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of... So, you know, I'm... You know, did you finish Mindhunter? No. Okay. But, so, I I feel like I'm almost caught up, right? I I watched... So, I watched John Wick. I went through... I finished The Boys. You know, but now I've got stuff coming up that I'm like, I got to clear the decks, right? Because we've got um, El Camino. Yeah. On Netflix, that's next month, right? That's no September twenty eighth, isn't it? Oh, it's this month. Yeah, I thought it's like two weeks from now. And then season five of Peaky Blinders makes its way to Netflix. It's airing now in the UK, so we get it. I think first week of October. Yeah, I I think I stopped watching after season three. Oh, it's October eleventh. Oh, Camino. really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I've got to go back and watch the end of that that show. That was good. It was really good. It's just one of those ones that I fell off, and now it's I'm so far behind. And I yeah, just, it was me. It was me with uh, Ozarks. Yeah, just Ozark, no S. Ozark, whatever. You All also right, told so, me that you thought that show was stupid. I did. Now, when I gave it, I hey, I listened to you sometimes. I went back and watched. It. I was like, oh, all right, this is pretty legit. You know, once I got past it, like it just to me, it just felt a little bit like it's slow. Too much. Hmm. It's slow. It's it slow was. as hell. It's a slow I don't have time. When you watch one, you get to watch one, maybe two episodes. <laughs> Something on a weekend, whatever. 
All right, and then we had a. Uh, I mean, we can talk about this offline, but um, I think we might do something about villains. Maya said we should do a whole thing. She's really into this whole idea, the whole concept of villains, okay, um, in storytelling and stuff. So, I pretty much have my top five list of villains. We did. This has been an ongoing discussion that my friends and I have had for long, long since college. So twenty years now, and I've I pretty much have my list solidified. So yeah, we can do that. I can give it to you off the top of my head right now. Well, you have the, I think we right. might even want, to, we want to even deep dive into the, the conversation, not just about favorite villains, but about the whole concept of villains. Because she was talking about like she's real into a lot of these manga, manga and, and mm-hmm. online, um, you know, comics. And the one is uh, My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Is one of her, I guess one of the popular ones. And then they have My Villain Academia, the offers of the heroes. And it talks about how the guy who wrote that played off of the whole Killing Joke arc. Yeah. Um, in in uh in batman with the uh-huh. joker and all that so and she was getting way over my like all right this might be something you need to talk to uncle chris about <laughs> <laughs> well that's I what talk, i'm i can talk about drums and music and stuff but i'm really excited about that new joker movie i know it's getting it got really really good reviews but then it's getting bashed by other people but i'm really curious to see what they do with it yeah i mean and it's everything i've seen it sounds like it's like it might even be more oh, out there yeah. than than Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger is like amazing. Yep, exactly. At least I thought it was Oscar quality. I'm like, All right, I'm in. I'm in. Well, cool. Well, I think that. Yeah, anything else you want to want to chat about? We're we're right at our 69 minute average here. So uh, <laughs> nope, yeah. I'm good. All right. Well, with that, I think that'll do it for uh, season seven, episode five of Match Wits. Uh, please go out to your favorite podcasting app. And uh, if you're not subscribed, subscribe, give us, give us a review, give us some feedback. Uh, love the idea the recommendation for, uh, for this episode. Talk about letdowns. If there's anything you want us to kind of go over and talk about, please, you know, uh, reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter uh, at MatchWits. Uh, you can go to our website uh, at, or at MatchWits.com. Send us an email, all that good stuff. Chris? Yes. Take us out. I bid you good day. <laughs> Later, brother. See you, brother.